the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. You can find us online at talk910.com, talk910.com. Where can you get it? Talk910.com. You can get articles related to the show. You can get on a live blog and throw your anger, your resentment, your love, your inspiration down on with other bloggers. The blogger is kind of like instant messaging for large groups of people. And the best thing that I could say about it, or the most interesting thing that I can say about it, is it's a bunch of blackheads usually. People who try to get the show, they try to figure it out. There's some bloggers that are better than others. Barney is exceptional. He has insight into the economy. I got a show for you today. I really, really have a good show for you today. We got Oprah. I know. Not, she's not on as a guest. But we're going to be talking to Oprah. We're going to be talking a little Honolulu state jobless numbers. Twilight the movie as an investment. We're going to be talking about Twilight the movie, the phenomenon. We say goodbye to some good friends at TLC. Do we care? Do we not care? We'll talk about the winners and losers coming out of Oprah. Yes, there are money angles coming out of Oprah. Plus, probably the most interesting thing to come out of healthcare reform, a tax on Botex? A tax on Botex? Are we going to fund our healthcare reform by going after elective surgeries? Interesting. Talk about that in about 15 minutes. But first and foremost, let's get into what I would refer to as this, the story of the day. It's kind of depressing. State jobless rates rise 12.5%. If you are listening to 9, 10 a.m. live right now, you are in the state of California more than likely. Although the tower does go from Sacramento to Santa Cruz all the way up to Santa Rosa and beyond. It's a big stick. I like a big stick, if you know what I'm saying. So California's unemployment rate, it rose again in the month of October. And that's not even counting the people who are working part-time who want to work full-time. And that's not even counting the people who have gotten depressed and have moved in with mom and dad. That's a big freaking number. We're the fourth highest jobless rate in the country. Now, Michigan, you know, is just a mess. I think we should shut down Michigan and turn it into a prison state. We We should send all of our prisoners to Michigan or my second choice would be North Dakota. But North Dakota has a good jobless rate, so I'm not going to bust on North Dakota. But... Michigan's rough. Nevada's tough. Nevada is a country, a country. Listen to me. Nevada is a state that 60 plus percent of their state revenue comes from gambling. And this recession is hurting gamblers for the first time ever. They used to say that gambling was recession proof because people who had addictive problems, people who were addicted to sin would still gamble in Vegas. What's also happening is other states know that they need money, so they're opening up more gambling. That's hurting Vegas. There's no doubt about it. More riverboat casinos. So let's see. Our unemployment rate in the state of California, 12.5%. Not all negative. Listen to this. We created 25,000 
700 jobs last month. Yay. That's reversing a trend that's not been seen in California in well over a year. It's the first time we've added jobs since April 2008. So California's unemployment rate back in October of 2008 was 8%. So in one year, we've gone from 8%, which is a bad number, to 12.5%, which is a hideous number. It's literally like, no, it's not literally like. i got to watch my literals because sometimes things aren't literally. It's figuratively like going from five warts on your nose to 50. It's exponentially huge going from 8 to 12. Then you go, but that's only four points. But that's 50%. If you look at where it starts from, it's a huge move. Now, it's not 50% of the jobs market, but you, you get the idea. Okay, so we're going to be bummed about, about unemployment. We're going to have a slow economic recovery. That's going to be very, very slow to bring jobs back online. You're looking at 2012 to 2015, depending on what Barack Obama and Congress does or doesn't do. I think the less that they do, the better. That's not likely to happen. I think there's some bad stuff to come out of Washington in the next two to five years. Things like the estate tax. The tax that we get hit on when we die. Will it be repealed? Will it completely go away? Or will we lower the number that you get taxed on in a state of a million or 500,000 or 250,000? Or will that number go higher where you're not taxed until you have an estate worth 3 million, 5 million, 10 million? I think the government is addicted to taxes right now. State, local, and federal. I think it gets kind of worse before it gets better. And you know what's offensive about the, the estate tax? It's ultimately a, a tax on dying. Because you've paid sales tax, you've paid income tax, you've paid federal taxes on what you've accumulated. And then when you die, they take another 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% based on the size of your estate. That's double taxation, and it's without representation because you're dead. Our country was founded on no taxation without representation. I'm a little bit offended by the death tax. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I think that's the most offensive tax that we have. We've got offensive taxes. A tax on Botox. That's cool. I like that one. You know why I like that one? Because it's not me. It's women. We finally get to put down women. Men aren't going out and getting Botox. Finally, women will have to pay their fair share of taxes on something that's totally elective. And and it's our government just being ridiculous. And you know I'm not busting on women. I'm not misogynistic. I'm not misogynistic. A lot of times on this show... I, I toe the line of misogyny where someone will call in and say, I want to own this little advent software company. And I'm like, why not own a great software company? And it's like dating the, 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 the sister with no teeth versus dating the, the Miss California. So that's a little misogynistic and I'm sometimes a little misogynistic. I don't know where I got the, the, the title of misogynistic. I don't know how it started to stick to me, but I think it might go back to my, my, my bitch ex-wife. I think she probably is the one who started it. Bitch ex-wife whore. Anyway, um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Ooh, I just said the phone number for the first time. It's been 10 minutes. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Fridays are my favorite shows because I kind of unwind a little bit. I kind of stretch my legs. Sometimes I mix my metaphors, and I used to say, yeah, on Fridays I spread my legs, and that's the wrong thing to say. Mixed metaphor is not good stretch my legs on Friday. I'm going to teach you more about money in more fun ways on Fridays. That's my goal. That's my purpose. My goal is to get you to retirement. Oh, good God, my boss. 
John Scott, lovely program director. You have the rosy cheeks. Sent me an email yesterday saying, come up with a mission statement for the show and stick with it. Like, what's, what's that even mean? So if you, the listener, wants to help me come up with a mission statement, I think my mission statement is going to be something like, have as little bit of micromanagement and hide from management, and when they come into the office, hide under the desk as possible. That's the mission statement that I'm working with right now, and stay on radio as long as you can until you get fired. It's probably not the mission statement he's looking for, but if you figured one out, I think mine, if I had to, it's something about getting you, getting your nest egg built so that you can enjoy the state of California, because we got a lot to offer here. We got a lot that, that stinks, too. 800 345 Five six three nine. If you want to help me with a mission statement, eight hundred three four five five six three nine. If you want to call me misogynistic, eight hundred three four five five six three nine. If you're falling behind on your taxes, about the word Honolulu. I finally figured out what the word Honolulu actually means. Honolulu means go there when you're single. Go there when you can pack an overnight bag and have great knocking boot sex with your your other single person and. Enjoy the, the loveliness that is Hawaii. Honolulu means don't bring the wife and kids because when you bring wife and kids on vacations, you got to bring Dimatap to drug the kid up. You got to bring, you know, strollers for the kid. You got to bring car seats for the kid, for the wife. You got to bring um, accessory bags. You got to bring bags. You got to bring extra bags. And women wear those teeny tiny little bikinis and yet their bags are so huge in Hawaii. Heavenly music in Hawaii, beautiful women in Hawaii. Totally unlike flying into West Virginia. When you fly into Hawaii, you, you're instantly relaxed. When you fly into West Virginia, you're greeted by a one-tooth freak, a carnival freak with bad breath. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Nick from Mountain View coming up. He has a mission statement for me. And I've got hot and sexy content tied to none other than the queen, Oprah Winfrey. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Listening to Rob Black, 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. He is America's most dangerous man this year. Think about it. Think about it. Who's America's most dangerous man? Is it Barack Obama and his troop presence in Afghanistan? Is it Harry Reid and his potential huge deficit swelling on health care? No, it's Santa Claus. You have a kid. Are you going to put a kid on Santa Claus's lap this year? You know those Santa suits are dirty and filthy and filled with germs, right? Swine flu, swine flu toll has climbed by over 500 in just a week. So far, 6,700 people globally have died from swine flu. Are you going to put your kid on Santa Claus when there's hundreds of other little kids that have been sitting there and it's cold and flu season and there's snot and boogers all over? Like, no! America's most dangerous man, Santa Claus. We must we must repel him. We must get rid of bad, evil Santa. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to Nick in Mountain View. Nick. I'm jiggling about the evil Santa Claus. Think about it. I'm right, though. That was so right. Yeah, that's a bad, bad, bad little germ scene there. Wow. Hey, I came up with a mission statement for you, though. Okay, I'm writing it down. I was really thinking about your show. You're eclectic economic entertainment. I mean, you, like, you totally scan everything on the horizon for it comes to the economy. You make me laugh. Uh, I talk about whiskey one day. You're talking about Terry Nunn, how hot she is from, uh, you know, Berlin. 
the next day you're talking about power tools. So, I mean, it, you really uh, span the gap. And not to mention, I get a little uh, economy education, too. So that's kind of fun. So basically, you gave me the four E's. Eclectic Economic Entertainment Education. Yeah. So maybe I'm going that direction. Maybe I could, I'd come up with like a 4E statement or something silly like that. <laughs> yeah, right on, Rob. You, uh, yeah, you make me chuckle every day. You know, Nick, what the truth is, is this is this is my very high expensive uh, therapy. Like, this is therapy for me. I, I, I get out all the crazy stuff that's in my head that you wouldn't want to babysit. <laughs> that's awesome. And I have to pay for that. Well, you just have to listen. Oh, yeah, you have to pay with your therapist, yeah. You'll pay for my therapist. To do that. I'll, I'll, I'll do you a favor. If you ever want me to counsel you and your wife on marriage, I'll do that free of charge. <laughs> right on. So, thanks, Nick. Have a good weekend. Sure. What are you doing this weekend? I'm watching the Sharks tonight. What are you doing this weekend? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. John in San Jose. John? You are the Quad E Show. The Quad E. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but we'll, we'll work with it. I need your help. Go ahead. Uh, 50 years old, two kids, married, been in my house for about 18 years. I uh, got a first at 390, five and a quarter, got nine years left on it. Um, we did a remodel, massive remodel. I now have a home equity line of credit at 591000 It's at uh, prime minus a quarter. It's at 3%. Where do I go from here? I'm trying to – that makes me nervous. I want to lock it down somehow. Yeah. I, I, wanna, I don't think interest rates are going to move anytime soon on you. So I think you have 12 months, give or take three months in the front, give or take add three months on the back um, before rates really start moving. Okay. Uh, with that said, that's a pretty big second. That's a pretty big home equity line of credit. Oh, yeah. They gave me three quarters of a million. Yeah, that's that's huge. You must have a pretty nice remodel. Uh, it's, it turned out very nice. Did you spend all that money? Uh, I spent 591000 not the three quarters of a mil. Wow. Do you have gold toilets? Uh, no, it's we built. We were building the last two years, and it was just at the time the mart. The, the um, we were paying top dollar. So okay. no, we don't have gold toilets, but we have. It's a very nice remodel. That Good. the house is worth. It was at the top of the market, probably two million three hundred thousand. It's probably worth about one eight now. Okay, I've got about um, well fifty uh, percent loan to value ratio, something like that. That's pretty good. Um, that's a huge jumbo loan, as well. You know. Yes. So I would think probably in the next, you know, whenever you're ready, why don't you sit down with a, a home lender and look at refinancing and, and throwing it all into one loan if you're uncomfortable with that second being adjustable. Okay. Um, I personally, I think you got some time on your side, although rates are amazing right now. They are. I would certainly, you know, the more I'm talking about this, I'd at least sit down and figure out what you qualify for and don't roll that into one fixed at least 15-year mortgage or 30-year mortgage. Uh, tell me a little bit more about you. What's your what's your nest egg looking like? You got a, uh, you got an expensive home, and that's good. It's pretty pathetic. We're um, we're just playing and having too much fun. We I have all I have is my uh, retirement is an IRA. It's worth now probably about one hundred sixty thousand. Okay, so you're house rich and cash poor. That's correct. Well, I'm the cash come no the cash is coming in. I just don't have I'm retirement poor. Okay, um, how's the income looking? Uh, steady, about three hundred thousand. Okay. So at this point in time, you really want to start focusing your dollars not on the mortgage, but on the nest egg. Otherwise, you're going to be forced to move out of the state down the road and use that home as your piggy bank. Oh, I'm already planning on doing that. Okay. So no, do you... I don't plan on dying in it. I'm going to, I'm going to stay there till the kids are done with college, and then we're saying I was going to sell and, and either downgrade significantly or a move. I definitely don't plan on growing old in it. Good. How's that for a demographic commercial? Guy, guy makes $300,000 a year, advertisers. 
Like my boss is standing in the next window. He's in the aquarium fishbowl. And if he doesn't take your audio clip and give that to sales, he's a, he's a foolish man. Um, yeah, I, I would sit down with the lender for sure. And uh, if you need a referral to one, let me know. And I'll send you one or two in either the South Bay or the East Bay um, that are ideal. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. You do. Bye. So 800-345-5639. My personal email address is rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. That's a great place to send nude photos. Don't send me stock questions. Great place to send me theory questions. I like the theory questions. I don't like the stock questions. Stock questions have to be done here on this air. has to be done in this two-hour time set. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. House rich, cash poor. His cash flow is good, but he doesn't have enough of a nest egg. So the nest egg, the theory here is you need something that pays you. Not an employer in retirement, but at, like an employer. And your nest egg is going to be your employer. It's going to pay you whatever you did to it. If you funded it well, it's going to pay you well. If you funded it poorly, he's going to have to sell his house. He might have a tax liability on his, situa- on his, on his scenario. So remember, you can only keep 500000 tax-free, and then you get taxed on any gain above that. He's going to get taxed. So the home became his enemy. It became very uh, – it took up a lot of his cash flow. He put a huge home equity line of credit on it. It's lost some value from its peak. So you can see that a home is a liability. And now it's so worth so much. Uh, and by the way, something the Obama administration should take away, deductions on, on, uh, deductions on home interest, I think that should be taken away. And the $500,000 credit that you get for selling your home if you, have, you and your spouse live in it, where it's tax-free, that gain needs to be taken away. And I bet it will be taken away. I know you're saying, Rob, no, no. (laughs) To me, it's an unfair tax. Let's talk about unfair taxes. I found this story and it just made me giggle and chuckle and almost pee my pants. Maybe I I even peed a little bit in my pants. It was so funny. Botox for healthcare reform. Plastic surgeons are shrieking. Democrats, and what's a shriek sound like? That's what a shriek sounds like. If you just drove off the side of the road. Do not send me a bill. Plastic surgeons are shrieking. They're considering an excise tax on elective cosmetic procedures to help raise funds for health care reform. What do you think about this? Plastic surgeons are hoping to nip a proposed 5% excise tax for elective cosmetic procedures from health reform measures Senate Democrats plan to vote on this week. Now, the tax is just one way the Senate bill aims to raise $6 billion to help offset and to help pay for the $848 billion plan. Now, the tax in the Senate bill will apply only to surgical procedures that qualify as not necessary to ameliorate a deformity arising from or directly related to a congenital abnormality. So the women who go get Botox in there so they can hide their wrinkles, or the Botox in the lips, what do you put in your lips? Some sort of filler, I don't know what it is. But more than 12 million surgical and non-surgical cosmetic procedures were performed in the United States in 2008. 12 million cosmetic procedures last year. Do you know what's wrong with America? And I got this. I have great coming up next next segment. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. We've been weakening the value of our dollar so that basically we lower our standard of living. I don't know if it was intentional or not. You know another way we can lower our standard of living? We could say, you know, making $60,000 a year, that, that used to be a privilege and we're taking it away from you. Employers could start paying us 40000 because you know what? At 12.5% unemployment in California, they can say, mm, your job's replaceable, Rob Black. Do you want to make 40 or do you want to make uh, or nothing? I'll be like, 40, please. 
So if we were to lower how much we pay our citizens through the corporate level, well, I'm not, I'm not going to blow my whole ammo. I got to talk about this uh, Botox, this Botox. More than 12 million surgical and non-surgical cosmetic procedures were performed in the United States in 2008. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and his fellow Democrats now face the task of gathering enough votes in the Senate that the final bill could emerge without the proposed tax on elective cosmetic surgery. While it's unclear if the tax is any particular broad support in Congress, it helps Democrats raise funds to help pay for the bill. Now, seriously, you can't think that I'm misogynistic. I find this tax to be offensive. It's silly. It's desperate. It's pathetic. 91% of the people who do elective surgery, cosmetic surgery, are women. So a boob job in the state of California is to be 9.5% sales tax to get the boobs. But it's be another 5% to pay for health care reform. It's offensive, right? I don't know. Someone else has to agree with me on that one. 800 It's 800-345-5639. Get your calls in there. It's Robot Show, 910 a.m., more stimulating talk. Sometimes I like the music of my show so much, I just sit there and listen to it. I don't know. I know I'm a goofball at times. Warren Buffett said this week that his businesses have bottomed. I dig Warren Buffett. I got to be honest with you. Uh, Early in your life and when you're an investor, you go, he's an old fool. He doesn't know. He's lost his magic touch. He didn't buy dot-com companies. He's an old fool. And then quickly you learn that Warren Buffett's a buffet of information. When did we start having brunches that became buffets? 800-345-5639. Let's go to Gordon in South San Francisco. Gordon. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Our, our president wants to tell us that he's not going to raise taxes on the middle class. Okay. How is it that a raise in the Medicare percentage is not a tax on the middle class? Right. I think our government is so messed up, Gordon, I almost don't even want to talk about it anymore. I don't either. I just wanted to point out that Botox, it may be something for, quote, the rich. But if he raises the rate of Medicare tax from, I think it's 1.45 to whatever they raise it to, that's on the first dollar that a little kid makes at the mall. Keep in mind, that's not him, Gordon, that's doing it. The the one thing that we have to to learn as a country is that it's our our Congress, it's the Senate and the House of Representatives that write the bills. He's just the executive that signs them. Um, he doesn't actually write the bills. So he and Harry Reid have been talking in back rooms about how to come up with the money to give away health care, and that's their scheme to do it because it's a quote hidden tax because we're already paying it already. I hear you, and trust me, I'm yeah. I'm in the same boat I'm, I'm you're with in. You, I'm with you, Rob. Thanks for the show. Yep, we got a broken government that just. You know, one thing that we need to do is we need to open up our books as a nation. We need to find out everything we need to be. Why does, you know, why, how much foreign aid are we giving to what countries right now? We need to see that, that information a little bit more clear. And we need to ask, do we still want to continue funding that? So in the state of California, for instance, we've got so many laws in the books. So much is promised and so much is guaranteed that I bet you if you sat down with Schwarzenegger, he probably couldn't name 
10% of what, what we're writing checks for as a country. As a, uh, well, we are a country. State of California is definitively a country on some levels, but I bet he couldn't come up with it. We're such a broken system of everyone saying, gimme, 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 gimme. So plastic surgery real quick. Um, since 1997, the total number of cosmetic procedures performed in the United States risen by over 160%. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of plastic in this world, isn't there? Let's go to Lonnie in Los Altos. Lonnie? There's a lot of plastic in this world, isn't there? Lonnie, do you know who Darwin is? He's going to come get you. Oh, hi. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, good. I want to make sure my radio is off. Um, I, yeah, I had the two questions, but he said maybe the second one is something you could help me with. Okay. Um, I have 30000 in a credit union bank savings account. Okay, good. Um, my husband was given two cut, cuts in pay or cut pays, two of them, and then I got laid off. It's been since last October, and I've had little mini jobs here and there, um, agencies taking me out, sending me out on assignments. Okay. So I was just wondering what we should do with that money to, because um, it was our nest egg. We were saving up just for later in our years, and we're having to use it little by little. How much is it? Um, it's like, well, actually, it's about 40000 And how old are you? Fifty-three. <laughs> okay. I have the best job in the world. I can ask a woman how old she is. Fifty-three. And then my husband is fifty-five. Okay. And um, he did tell me to take maybe 2500 out and go buy some silver because he sees something going on. And um, he did that uh, about four years ago and told me to take money out to buy gold, which I did. And so far, that's been a great investment. But the silver, I just am wondering if that's something we should do. Help. <laughs> Good question. And I have a couple more questions for you before sure. I give you an answer. Um, how much do you have saved other than $40,000? Um, let's see. Do you, have a, do you have a 401k and IRA? He does. He, actually, he did have one, and he gave it to um, Rick Edelman to take care of because he had to roll it over from an, another previous job. So okay. I'm sure that's depleted, but... Not a whole lot, but I mean, it was like seventy-five thousand. Okay. And um, as far as savings, thirty-four, maybe another thirty thousand. So it sounds like a hundred and fifty thousand. If I were to say seventy with Edelman, thirty elsewhere, and forty in this account that you're looking to buy silver in. Mm-hmm. Do you own your house? Yes. Okay. Is it paid for? No. How much? How much is it worth? How much do you owe? It's in Los Altos Hills, and it's probably. Um, Probably a little uh, over two million. Okay. And um, and then we have a house in Fresno where oh my goodness, that wasn't the best deal, but um, we did have to get that for my daughter trying to get her out of Texas, and now she's in that house, which eh, that wasn't the best um, investment that we did. We thought we got it really cheap, and of course we owe one hundred thirty eight on it. Google, <laughs> what, it, get her out of Texas. What's that mean? Was she part of a cult? No, she was. She just. She was in Texas, and this little I can't, Sugar Land or something. She wanted out. The kids wanted out. They wanted to be closer to us. They had a lot of mold in this house. Her little girl was getting sick, or my granddaughter, and um, so we told them come out here. And that was. And they both didn't have jobs, so we bought this house real quickly within two weeks. And um, by owner and Gmanizi, it was the wrong thing to do because it. It's such a small house. It's really small and. Um, 
you know, oh boy, there's nothing we can do now. They're there. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you going to do for income in, reti- in retirement? Because you don't have enough of a nest egg. I know. I don't have any clue what we're going to do. Okay. Is the husband in good health? Is the husband in good health? He's in pretty good health. Yes, he is a kickboxer, and he keeps he eats well. We eat well. He's um, a kickboxer. Yeah, like jujitsu, kickboxing. He's fifty five years old, and he's kickboxing. Yeah, that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And he makes money. He makes money doing, or is he like a teacher? Or? No, 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 no. That's what he does on the side, as far as health wise. Oh, okay, okay. He does that? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> he does that for health purposes. Okay, good, good. Now, what's he do for a living? He's um, in sales. In sales, okay. And yeah. can he do that for a long time? Because you're going to need it. You're going to need income. I'm going to be honest yeah, with you. I know. I know. That's what I'm. Um, he can do. His fortunately, thank God, his company is doing really well. He's very, very busy. Um, but other than that, um, and you know, and I'm trying to get work here and there, but that's it. Okay. That's it. Um, y'all need to consider downsizing the house sooner than later. Selling Los, love to. selling Los Altos while you can. Los Altos Hills is one of the most gorgeous places on the planet, and it's wonderful and lovely, but that's your only asset. That's it. Yeah, you, the cash that you have with Edelman, it's nominal. Um, if you get sick, it's all gone. So make sure your health is good. Make sure his health is good. Make sure he works as long as possible. I know. As far as silver goes, I'm not the biggest fan. Silver is one of those metals that doesn't have a lot of industrial uses. It's not an industrial metal. There's, you know, cosmetic metals. Mm-hmm. And the demand for jewelry is down significantly. It's down 30, 40% year over year. Now, some countries do more than others. Gold is, you know, heavily wanted in the Middle East and in India because gold jewelry is, is what they wear. Mm-hmm. So gold has a little bit more cosmetic push than silver does. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of silver. I'm kind of... I, I, I think it's only because it's gone from 16 to 18, Okay. And he, he sees that pretty soon the dollar, my husband said, you know, the dollar, Lonnie, they're on a, they don't even know what they're doing there, and it's going down in value, and pretty soon we're not going to be using the dollar. There's too much of it. He goes, we've got to get some silver. It's going up. They're yeah, going to be using silver. Lonnie, you know, we're not going to be using silver. When was the last time you went to the grocery store at Safeway, and your bill comes up to $200, and you go, let me give you 10 ounces of silver? I don't know. I guess he thinks it's going to be back to the good old Western days soon, the way we're going. That's what he keeps telling me. So I'm worried about his mental health <laughs> when you say that. <laughs> um, yes, the dollar's weaker. Yes, it's been intentional. It's a way of lowering our cost of living, which got wildly out of control. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that I'm um, spouting conspiracy theories when I say that. There's a guy out there named Nuriel Rubini. He says investors are chasing commodities, and there's a risk of new asset bubbles, not in stocks, not in dot coms, not in real estate, but in, in commodities. Okay, right. Okay. I think short term silver goes to twenty, but at that point in time, I don't want any of it, Lonnie. It's not it doesn't have enough of an industrial feel to it. Um I think it's a technical play on the weaker dollar, which I think your husband's right on. But if you think you're gonna be using silver to like transact business, it's not gonna happen. Your husband's getting kooky on you. Thanks for the call, Lonnie. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk.
So Lonnie's call, I want to finish what my thought was, is her husband's interested in silver because it's moved from 16 to 18. I, I need a little bit more than that. Demand for cosmetic jewelry is low right now. So there's not demand. Metals move on supply and demand. Supply of silver's fine. It's the weak dollar story that's creating a little bit of a bubble here because the demand's not there. At some point in time, it, it's it's not the jewelry market buying silver. It's the investor. And investors always run out of gas at some point in time. Always. Whether it's dot-com stocks or real estate, you always see, you know, accelerate, 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 peak, and then run out of gas. Anyway, Another topic that I was talking about earlier in the show that I want to finish, because I thought this is a genius statement. Every now and then I say something that's smart, and I go, whoa, did I really say that? It was tied towards we've lost 7 million private sector jobs since December 2007. That's dwarfing the 3.3 million that we lost in the last recession of 2001. Never has business shed so many workers so fast. And one thing that I fear is that a new normal might be, Rob, you're not going to work for 60000 a year. You're going to work for 40000 a year. That's a nightmare scenario where you have a race to the bottom in wages and benefits offered by employers as desperate job job seekers get desperate and they need cash and they're willing to accept less. Compensation's not going up. Less than 1% of America saw compensation go up last year. There's a hardcore camp in the world of economics. And I know you're saying, man, that would make a great Fox TV show. The world's most dangerous economist. No, no, it wouldn't make the best show. They believe the only way to put America's army of job seekers back to work is to reduce overall labor costs. Make it cheap. Make it as cheap to work here as it is in China. And then suddenly we're not sending our crap to China to be made. There's a camp out there. Another way to do the same exact thing is to lower the cost of the dollar to the point that it's cheaper to do business here. Or the foreigners, and when I say foreigners, I'm just saying non-U.S. citizens, are buying our goods because it's so freaking cheap. Because their currencies are strong and ours are weak. Now, we're not buying theirs because our currency is weak. We, I'm not going to, you know, uh, for instance, uh, you know, Big Mac in, in France is going to cost me a lot more than a Big Mac in the United States. You get the idea, I think. So there's a fear out there that uh, massive deflation and just saying, you know what? Attorneys, for instance, and this is a classic example that I think we'll all nod our head for. I just paid an attorney last last month $350 a freaking hour to work for me. I am sure there's an attorney who's out of business right now that's willing to do the same work for 200 Right? You get the idea. Let's go to Maggie O'Connell, the one, the only. Maggie O'Connell. How are you, Maggie? I'm good, Rob. So, hi. Hi. Now, you are a reverse mortgage expert. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. That's fair to say. Now, a reverse mortgage is kind of unlike a regular mortgage. The whole world knows what a mortgage is. Uh, You buy a house, you get a 30-year mortgage, you send in a payment once a month. Uh, Otherwise, they come in and foreclose on you. What's a reverse mortgage? Well, you own a house. Uh, You might have a mortgage on it now that you're making a payment on, uh, or you just want to get some money out of your house. You have a lot of equity, and you have to be at least 62 years old, but you don't have to make any payments. It's just letting the interest charges add on to the loan balance, or that monthly payment that you'd normally make just gets tacked on to the balance, and it's paid back at the end after the homeowner sells the house or leaves the home, passes away. So it's just paid out of the equity. We just had a caller on, Lonnie, who lives in Los Altos, in a $2 million home, Maggie, and she has no, she has nothing. Her nest egg is a hundred thousand dollars, which, in financial planning terms, is nothing. It's one sickness. Um, down the road, a reverse mortgage might be appropriate for someone like that who is house rich and cash poor. Well, you know, 
that wasn't mentioned when you were talking about their assets. And look at that asset, that home that's worth $2 million. And a lot more people these days are putting that into their retirement portfolio and, and making that part of their plan and uh, using tools like reverse mortgages or nest worth agreement to uh, plan on getting a monthly income or, or paying off their mortgage so they don't have any payments and being able to stay in that beautiful home they love, I'm sure, in Los Altos Hills. And you're right. I probably should have mentioned it. I just... I felt more despair for her because she's still relatively young, 53 and husband's 55, and they've got nothing, Maggie, except for a home. Except for a home. They do have that home. And, you know, if they do... If they do sell, that might work out well, although, you know, there's some capital gain issues they might have to uh, pay attention to. And a lot of times, uh, you know, the reverse mortgage is a better option than selling. People talk about, oh, reverse mortgages are expensive, but look at how much it costs to sell a home and buy a home and when you pay all the taxes. I mean, alternatives are expensive also, and I think it's good to explore all the options when you're looking at uh, how you're going to make it in, in the future. Okay. Okay. And you got to be 62 to qualify for it. And that brings up an issue, Maggie, of my mother. She could use a reverse mortgage, but she's senile. She's had a couple strokes. She's not all there. Someday she is. Someday she's not. So you do an expensive transaction and you worry that the senior citizen might be taken advantage of, or you worry um, that they don't understand what they're signing. Well, we try very hard to make sure they understand what they're signing, and um, we would bring in you and say, hey, you've got a son that can help you review this and, and, and get people to provide advice. Uh, there's reverse mortgage counselors that's uh, required. Um, but occasionally that does happen. Um, there's been some um, negative press that's where people have been uh, talked into taking a lump sum of cash and uh, purchasing annuities. But uh, really it's, it's not very common. Most uh, All the reverse mortgage people that I know are really dedicated to the senior and they're, they care about them, and they don't want them to, to get into a bad financial situation. So I think that's something that, you know, everybody needs to help protect their neighbors and friends and, and family members, and we all, you know, watch out for each other. And what's interesting that you say about that, Maggie, is, yeah, there's been some, you know, headlines that we want to make sure seniors don't get taken advantage of, but there's one case that I know. There's this best-selling author, best-selling author. He recommends with your home that you refinance, take a big lump sum out and buy an annuity. And I think that should be criminal. Um, And yet, what is he? He's an annuity salesman, oddly enough, you know? Um, Oh, yeah. People people want those annuities. They see lump sums, whether it be a reverse mortgage or mortgages, let's take advantage. And what the message should be, Maggie, is not that reverse mortgages or mortgages are bad, but that annuities can be abused and uh, oversold to people based, based on the commissions. I agree. And this has been in the forefront of reverse mortgages for years. Uh, we've been, we've had disclosures that ask people if they're considering an annuity. And if they do, I mean, we, we talk to them about it. We want to make sure that they're not getting ripped off. We can't tell them what to do with their money, but we can be alerted and try to help. And, and that's what we do. One of the unfortunate things is this program is such a helpful program. And one person will say something negative. It'll be like a senator or somebody that has some clout. And it gets in the press, and it just snowballs, and it gets into this huge wave of negativity around reverse mortgages, like we're a bullseye for this target of of bad press, which, of course, gets attention. That's what the news media likes. 
but it, it's uh, really doing a disservice because this program has been very helpful, especially in these economic hard times. Um, we are doing a lot of work saving people's homes. A lot of seniors have been abused financially with subprime loans. I encounter people calling me all the time, and we end up crying together on the phone because they're losing their house of 30 years because they got into this mortgage that the payments are getting higher and they can't afford it anymore. I mean, there is a l abuse out there for seniors, uh, but it's not in the reverse mortgage industry. It's in wherever there's greed, there is abuse in all sorts of areas. And there's just as many mechanics out there who rip off seniors, and there's just as many doctors out there who rip off seniors, but those aren't headline stories, you know, because it's not the big money, evil banker, evil broker kind of story that the media tends to glom onto. So anyway, um, I see that you recently saved a woman's home. If you're getting foreclosed on or modified uh, you're trying to modify a loan. How does it work trying to pull off a reverse mortgage in that type of scenario, Maggie? Well, actually, uh, this woman went through months and months of trying to get a loan modification, but she had lost her job, so her income wasn't good. Lenders don't want to modify a loan if they see that the person can't afford the payments once it's modified. But what we did, actually, my son is working with the loan modification. He's a loan modification uh, guy, and he was working with her. So what we did was present to the lender, well, why don't you lower the balance so that it fits within the reverse mortgage calculations? And they did. They dropped it by 60000 and she, she's got this reverse mortgage and uh, doesn't have to ever make any payments. And, uh, boy, she just went out and hugged her house, and she's just the happiest person that, that can be. And there's a co-worker also did uh, one where the lender um, did some playing around where they subordinated a second behind the reverse mortgage because the balance, the payoffs were too high and uh, made it work for them in that way. So there's a lot of creative financing and helping people not lose their homes in, in this in this terrible environment. Thanks for being on, Maggie. You can find Maggie at reversemortgagestore.com, reversemortgagestore.com. Um, she's a sponsor on the show. I I like her. I've worked with her for eight years now. She's uh, top-notch integrity. She works with her son. She works with her daughter. You're not going to be in an industry that you're – you're not going to survive in an industry unless you're good. You're not going to bring your kids into that industry unless you're real good at what you do. ReverseMortgageStore.com, Maggie O'Connell. Now, someone just dropped me an email, and they said, The Rob Black Show. They're doing my mission statement. The Rob Black Show on 910 KNEW. Well, first of all, you got to drop the KNEW. Says more stimulating talk radio is extensively keeping you from eating cat food after retirement or ending up like Soylent Green. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.